0: This spring, members of the state's teachers' union, New York State United Teachers, tapped Melinda Person to serve as their leader for the next three years, taking over from Andy Pilata, who opted not to run again after six years as the organization's president. And Melinda joins us to talk about her new role and much more. Welcome to the show, President Person.
1: Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: So what made you want to be the president of NYSA in the first place?
1: Well, uh, as a lifelong advocate for public education and our students, I see this as a great opportunity for me to make a difference on a big scale for our schools, for educators, for those in higher education in New York State. And uh, New York State has over 600,000 NICET members living in it. And we have an opportunity to make a real difference in our communities, and we want to do that.
0: But what, I guess, would you say will make the person presidency unique, I guess. What is it about you in particular that makes you the best person to put a, a unique stamp on this office? Because I have to imagine there are other educators and activists who want the same thing. So what is it about you that will be the most capable and best for, like you said, the hundreds of thousands of union members?
1: So I have a vision for public education here in New York State that is, is based on the thousands and thousands of conversations I've had with NYSET members over the last 16 years that I've been with NYSET, our members are interested most of all in our professions, defending our professions, making sure that going into the profession of education or uh, school staff generally is an enticing and rewarding career. What they've seen over the last decade is an erosion in respect, uh, an erosion in um, support for the profession, such that there are is an t- ongoing teacher shortage and school staff shortage, and it's something that our members are committed to addressing. And I think that I can do that.
0: When it comes to the issue of respect, how do you convey respect other than wages?
1: Well, it goes to professional autonomy. That's one of the things. Um, One of the things we're going to be focusing on is rolling back uh, an overemphasis on high-stakes standardized testing. Uh, This is something that's largely come from from the federal government. But we're pushing a bill called the More Teaching, Less Testing Act.
0: Great name. Yeah, it's a great name. Who Um, could oppose this?
1: (laughs) It was uh, introduced by Representative Jamal Bowman. And this bill would give states the flexibility to modify the the currently required annual testing in grades three through eight. We believe that these tests have created environments in our schools where kids are have this pressure to perform over being able to focus on the joy of learning. We've seen over the last decade a reduction in the number of people who want to go into the teaching profession. Largely, we believe, because how we teach and what we teach is now being driven by these tests.
0: One of the big selling points for standardized tests, though, is that first word, standardized, and it makes it so you can judge across different conditions, for example. So how do you replace that standardization aspect of those tests while removing uh, the emphasis on those tests? How do you ensure, for example, that what a kid is learning on Long Island is the same quality and scope as the kid who's up in Western New York?
1: So our students are being tested. There are local assessments that are being administered every day. And our educators use those tests to decide how to modify their instruction and how to tailor their instruction to the learning needs of all kids. We don't need these tests to be administered every single year through through eighth grade. There are ways to do representative sampling. There are a lot of creative approaches that other states have taken on um, that if this law were to pass, New York state could go in that direction as well.
0: Returning to your personal bio, you've had different roles within state government, which makes you different than your predecessors. So I'm curious whether you're going to have more of a hands-on approach to the actual day-to-day lobbying, since you know how the mechanics of this building uh, actually work. Should the lobbyists for it, for example, assume that you're going to be micromanaging and getting in there, really, you know, working your hands? Uh,
1: I, I hope not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a legislative director, and she's going to do a great job, as she always has, I see myself as a chief advocate doing things like talking to people like you out there reminding the public of how amazing our members are and the commitment that they have to our public schools, to our public colleges and universities. That's my role. I know how the system works, so I can be, I think, an effective advocate because of that. But you'll see me here once in a while, but uh, not every day.
0: What opportunities are you looking forward to taking advantage of in this new capacity? What are some areas where you feel like the teaching profession or or NICET uh, can, I guess, sink its teeth into now that maybe it couldn't have in the past?
1: Well, one of the things that NICET has not done that much of in the past is organizing new units to grow our union. And something that we're going to be kicking off this year is an expansion to our organizing department. We're going to be hiring 10 new organizers, and we're going to be out there uh, going to workplaces that aren't organized, where people want a union, and going to offer them the opportunity to become at members.
0: So what are some examples where you envision there to be potential opportunities to grow your membership?
1: Uh, We are looking to grow in the area of libraries, uh, private schools, private uh, schools that serve special needs populations. We've in the past organized Head Starts. uh, So pre-K providers, charter schools. Uh, There are a lot of different opportunities out there.
0: What are the challenges to that type of campaign?
1: Um, Right now... Organizing and joining unions is very popular. Uh, you may have seen everything that's happening with Starbucks and, and and Apple and with Amazon. Joining a union is something that is appealing to the younger generation, and we think everyone deserves an opportunity to join NICE.
0: Are you concerned at all in you, know, you mentioning? Starbucks, and I just got a press release in my inbox about Starbucks closing uh, two locations in Ithaca that were supportive of unionization. So, are you worried at all about a backlash to a unionization effort? Maybe libraries or charter schools or other private institutions having to close be- because of this type of campaign?
1: No, we're not worried about that. We believe that unions make workplaces better, stronger, and happy employees, well-compensated employees, employees with a voice on the job, they make their workplaces better, and the services that are provided, they're better to whoever they're serving.
0: Well, for listeners just joining us, uh, let me reintroduce you to our guest. We're speaking with Melinda Person, who was recently elected president of New York State United Teachers. And across the street from us at the Capitol, state education officials have been really champing at the, the bit to examine the state's foundation aid formula, which, if updated, would change the allocation of the bulk of state education aid. Is NICET supportive of updating that formula to better reflect New York's uh, current population and needs?
1: Yes, we are. Um The original formula, which I actually helped to work on back in 2007, was based on data at the time. And a lot has changed since then. The regional cost factors, the needs indexes that they use, the census data, right? There's a lot of data that needs updating. And we do support the effort that the education department is pushing to update the formula and to revise it on an ongoing basis, because things change over time.
0: Any concerns that if the formula is updated in a meaningful way, that there are going to be new winners and losers and essentially people in certain districts that benefit from the current formula and are going to find themselves not bringing in as much state aid uh, under a a new formula? And if so, how do you go about uh, addressing that? Do they simply just have to live with less aid uh, under the new formula?
1: I mean, any changes that are made based on revised data are based on data, right? We think that the formula should be driving aid in a way that based, you know, how many kids do you have? What are the needs of your student population? What are the regional costs of the region that you're you're from? I would wait to see what the formula does. I wouldn't presume that there will be winners and losers because the times have changed and the needs of our students have only increased since the original formation of the formula.
0: So do you anticipate that a revision of the formula would essentially just consist of saying all school districts need to get more money than they're currently getting?
1: Not necessarily. I would just say it's hard for me to predict at this point.
0: what the I new feel formula. like you're probably pretty smart though. And, you know, having worked in the budget office and the assembly have an idea of how these types of things could play out. So you don't think that there's a possibility that there would be some schools that they'd say, you know, based on the way things were calculated previously and based on the dynamic now, you know, you're getting too much state aid. You don't think that's a realistic possibility?
1: Anything's possible. But I would say that I would need to see the actual data and see what has happened. It's been almost over 15 years now. We need to look at this look at the data, update it, and see what our students need.
0: And speaking of the foundation aid formula, in this year's budget, we had the third and final year of a phase-in of a complete foundation aid funding in New York. Where does that go from now? Is it just a question of revisiting the foundation aid formula, or do there need to be other future increases in state aid that we should be thinking about, that you're thinking about, building up now for the next budget now, I don't know, 10 months away?
1: Well, there obviously need to be adjustments for inflationary cost increases, but I think one of the areas that we need to invest more in is in pre-K education. That is an area where We created a universal pre-K program many, many years ago, and again, based on costs and data at the time, I think that's a formula that we are going to be looking at updating as well and increasing state investment in those programs because we know how important early investment in pre-K is.
0: Well, finally, we recently spoke with a school library media specialist about the fact that people in their profession have been coming under fire for the materials they make available for kids, whether it's things that deal with our, our state's relationship with slavery or whether it has to do with LGBTQ New Yorkers. And I'm curious, when you think about how educators talk about those issues more broadly, since they've been coming under fire in states around the country, and I have to imagine in some localities around New York. What do you view as the union's role in going to bat for those teachers?
1: Well, our members have always had a commitment to teaching honest history and affirming all of our students' freedom to be who they are at school. We are supportive of creating inclusive learning environments and places where all of our students feel like they belong. And we're gonna keep doing that. That is something that we've always been for, and we will do everything we can to make sure that our students' learning environments are protected.
0: So how are you enjoying the job so far?
1: So far, I really like it. It's been busy and exciting, and mostly I have loved visiting schools and being with our members. They are the best humans on the earth.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Melinda Person. She is the new president of New York State United Teachers. Melinda, thank you so much, and good luck on the job. Thanks. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org however you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show.